can I make a somewhat <laughs> rough segue from the universe to stories, concepts of the universe to stories, recent posts and introspection about the Kansas school board's view of the universe? Oh, yes. Maybe you should bring people up to date on this uh, view first story, and then, yeah, we can comment on it. Oh, yeah. I that mean, segue I, only I'm took eight saying, steps, by the way, so I'm proud that was of that. That's a good segue. ridicule of, uh, of much of the world, sadly. Sad, though, it, it makes me. Um, Kansas school board and uh, trying to change the uh, value of the Kansas Board of Education from being uh, those backwards people who had to be told what's up by the Supreme Court. Uh, now, trying to be groundbreaking, trying to do something a little differently, have uh, come out and said intelligent design theory has a place in, in the classroom, potentially. And I say, go to it. Excellent work. Good decision. Because? And, um, for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, predominantly, I think that it's something that's undervalued as a scientific theory and needs exploration and needs its, its voicing. And also, it, you know, it's something that finally brings up the issue that's been missing in the classroom for a long time, that science is a collection of theories and it's not a collection of absolute known facts about the universe the way that people try to present it. And, you know, once you have an intelligent discussion with anyone who's science-oriented, they'll be like, oh, it's not facts, it's all theory, we don't really have any idea what's going on, this could be as good as this, this is why we're reversing things every five seconds and going back on what we said and constantly testing things out. But in the classroom, it doesn't come across that way. It comes across as being complete, absolute fact that, you know, is just as much a fact as a fact of history or a fact of, you know, mathematics, which it's not like that at all. And uh, so it's going to, you know, put a little humility into the study of science, which I think is all right, now. sorely missing. <laughs> From, you want uh, first dibs, Greg, or shall I go ahead? Uh, you go ahead and take it on. I said, you, you first. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to make a quick point. I have no problem whatsoever with high school students being taught a philosophy class where they go, okay, the origins of the universe. Native Americans believed it was a turtle. Jim Bunning believes that a large bat crawled into his brain and pulled strings and created the universe. That's the, the theory Christian, I like, by et the way. That's fine. That's fine. Okay? Great. What you don't do is you don't take a science class and say, okay, now we have the mesomorphic level of ground, we have igneous rock, sedimentary rock, and we have spooky ghost monsters on the other side. That's what you don't do. <laughs> that has no place in a science classroom <laughs> at what all. If, what if there are spooky because ghost basically, monsters on here's top the of difference. the igneous rock, though? <laughs> right. Because science is all based on reasoning and fact, and there's tons and tons of evidence. Whether you question whether it's completely solid or not is fine, but still tons and tons of evidence versus zero, zero evidence, zero evidence, okay? Once you do that, you can introduce anything with zero evidence. And in fact, there are an infinite possibility of things you can introduce into a science class that have zero evidence backing them up. I can say rubbing turds into my hair makes me believe in certain things, and that's how the universe was created. That's not and true? That's no less God damn you know, it. valid. That's no less valid than saying an invisible man created the universe. So I think that those discussions should be relegated to philosophy. When you put them in a science class, you make a mockery of science because... Whereas it may not be a perfect model, it this, did bring us right? things like technology and podcasting that religion did not bring us. I think if this is a religious experience, I mean, every Wednesday, we could have a long you. argument about what religion does or doesn't bring. But I think that's sort of to the side of the issue, you know. Although I'm willing to talk about it, but let me ask you this: Do you believe that the Big Bang should be taught in in uh, classrooms? Okay, here's. Okay. 
here's what I would say to that. Because I, I would no say there's about again. as much evidence for the Big Bang, and many scientists mm-hmm. would agree with me, as there is for any sort of creation myth that you want. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. I think there's a slightly more reasoned perspective behind evolution, and even if you go back to uh, you know the, the beginning of time and the creation of the planets and all that stuff. But even that being said, I have no problem whatsoever with, in a science class, the... Uh, intelligent design people mandating that each science teacher says one sentence over the course of the year, which is, this is all a theory. As long as they say that, it's fine. That doesn't mean that you then present random other things that have nothing to do with science, okay? They can say, we, you know, this is a theory brought forth by Stephen Hawking, and that's cool. They don't have to present it as fact, but they can't present it on the same level of, and then a giant beaver floated through the air and coughed on a bush and the bush became New York City. Okay? That can't happen. <laughs> Although it would be great if it did. We all trace our life back to the giant beaver in the sky who floated and yeah. <laughs> See, my argument about giving, uh, that's all I'm saying. Slightly short shrift to these arguments, by the way, to these religious <laughs> arguments, because I do think, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where I figured that out when you were talking about giant beavers flying through the sky as being similar arguments, but hey, that's uh, compelling. But somehow I gathered the idea that uh, you're giving a little short shrift to these arguments. Well, see, here's because my... Because I do think that it is somewhat preposterous, just purely logically, to believe that all of this happened randomly, that we sit here today because of total randomness. I do think that is... Not quite as absurd as, you know, flying beavers, but pretty close. Pretty close to as absurd. See, the problem I have with this... My problem is... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. After you, Russ. After you. I'll, I'll, (laughs) you know... Okay. Really quickly, I was just going to say, the problem is when you introduce religion into a scientific discussion and you have to give a fair hearing to all different religious creationism stories, you just have a mishmash of a million different things and they all belong in a philosophy class. Right. And intelligent design is just a thinly veiled way of saying the Bible, the Christian Bible is true. And you can't present it that way because there's so many other perspectives that once you open up the can of worms, you have to let, you know, every single group have its say. I mean, I think, uh, one, one quick note on that, I think intelligent design theory may have evolved from people who were just trying to... <laughs> to uh, prop up the Bible as being true, but I definitely don't think that the core of the theory has anything to do with, you know, the Bible, specifically the Christian Bible, any more than anything else, any more than just the idea that there can be some sort of coexistence of science and religion, and that that coexistence can be found in there being a higher power overseeing the existence of things that all make sense perfectly and follow rigidly discernible laws. But you would acknowledge that I mean, the only place... I mean, the only place, the other thing is, the only place that comes into pl- this really comes into play is in the very specific issue of origins. It's not like this is like you know your entire science class is being turned upside down by you know we used to study biology and how the brain works, but now we're going to be spending our entire time you know studying creation for the entire um, whatever. But most of the things but there will is be sort exactly of an insane regression there. But there is sort of a regression no, where you could say, if you question evolution, why can't you question the theory of gravity? It's just a theory. No, gravity I mean, the theory. but intelligent design doesn't question evolution. It questions the source of evolution. That's a hugely important difference. 
Okay? It just the questions, questions the why process. do things evolve? Right. Why are it there rules believe, in the yeah, see, universe? It yeah. doesn't believe in natural selection. Yeah, exactly. Story, you're, I think you're giving far too much credence to the theory. I mean, you, you, the sort of rational interpret... See, because I agree. Like, what I was going to say about it was, if I were to look at this problem, I think my position <laughs> might be somewhere close to the I don't see why this matters part. Because, to me, I've never understood what it is that religious people deeply religious people find so terrifying about the prospect of evolution. To me, whether you know, if you're going to be tied to the fact that like, you know, the Bible says on page 2, blah blah blah, well then that's something else. But why is it terrifying to think that a being of enormous magnitude and, and you know ability. Okay, let's hypothesize you want to believe in in God as sort of is traditionally assumed. Wouldn't it be extraordinary that God put into place this system whereby you had evolution occurring over time? And you had species working things out for themselves, and you had, you know, in, in sort of a, a more or less orderly fashion, you know, I shouldn't say orderly, but, you know, in some kind of recognizable fashion developing into the creatures that we are today. I mean, that to me is much more extraordinary than snap your fingers and the world is created in seven days. So the problem is, though, I don't think most intelligent design people do care principally about the source. In fact, I think that's the problem. I, th I think most of them, I'm sorry, that I don't think they not don't care about it. I think that's all they care about. I think most of the time, they are obsessed with the whole process of how evolution came to be, that evolution is wrong because the Bible says that we were created in seven days and that's the end of it. I don't think most intelligent design people would say, well, you know, our only problem is when you say God's in the equation because newsflash, evolutionists don't say that God is out of the equation. Evolutionists don't say God had nothing to do with it. They just take issue with the fundamentalist you know, seven days in the world was created view. And that, by the way, almost every scientist takes credit, you know, takes issue with. Lots of evidence demonstrates that it took longer than seven days to create the earth so you know and and to create the creatures that live on it so they their objection is much more widespread i think story than you're giving them credit for yeah i i don't know i mean there's a lot there i i for one thing i i just disagree you know initially with the idea i do think that the idea of intelligent design you know carries with it the component that the things that we see around us were the, you know, intelligent result of that and whatever else. And there's a certain extent to which I don't really think that any of this matters either in a larger sense. Like, my religious view, you know, ultimately I don't really think that there was a beginning and I don't think beginnings really matter. And I don't really understand the obsession by both science and religion with beginnings and with ultimate whatever else. But, you know, insofar as we're going to have it, the idea of teaching the Big Bang as fact is totally ludicrous, in my opinion, and totally ridiculous. And the idea of teaching evolution as though every single kink in the theory has been ironed out, has been understood, has been hammered out. We know exactly what this, exactly what that, exactly all these other things. We still think iguana, iguanodons were using their, you know, sharpened thumbs for defense, which is absurd. Yeah, but you know, things like that. But I think you're over all sorts of little components of that that. It bringing the bringing the idea of some humility into it of saying look of, because I think that's the main impact and you can say maybe we should do that without bringing intelligent design into it I think intelligent design actually brings something additional into it that makes people think about it but the main impact is getting people to think about these theories not just as a token one second announcement beforehand of like oh look these are theories now we're going to study them as though they were absolute rigid fact but really bringing in throughout the whole issue these are theories these are just things that you know we think are important and they led to the microwave and the toaster oven but 
there's a lot of stuff that we really don't know, and we really are just sort of conjecturing, and you may prove half of this wrong in your life if you choose to study this. I suppose, but I... Sorry, can I ask you a question? Never. <laughs> How do you get out of the, the technical problem of trying to teach the class, having to present intelligent design on the side, but then not sharing all of the other creation stories, creation myths, and creation beliefs in a similar light? Like, you know, I mean, I'm going to bite the bullet and say that, out very well. say that the intelligent part of intelligent design holds much more logical credence than those other things that you're talking about. You know, I, right, I just but you realize believe that, that the proponents of I intelligent design very firmly, are and I think a lot of people Christians, right? Right, and this is from a Western huh? mindset, too. I think you'd have a hard okay. time convincing them. intelligent design are all overwhelmingly Christian right. people who believe in creationism as taught in the Bible. Right. Right, but what I'm saying is, is this isn't creationism as taught in the Bible, and it's distinct from that. And if they were saying we're bringing back straight creationism a la 1945 or whatever, then I would not be heralding this as a good accomplishment. Because it's intelligent design, I think that that has a lot more weight and a lot more merit because it is a more advanced way of looking at things and a more intelligent way of looking at things than simply saying, here's a creation myth that sounds good to us, and we're going to roll with yeah, it. But it's I'm not something that involves logically look around you is it, isn't it kind of ridiculous that we have all of these orders and rules, and the orders and rules came from nothing? Yeah, but doesn't I, that not make sense? Uh, but I see, but and I think that's a logically solvent point that crazy monsters and beavers flying down out of nowhere are not a solvent point. I'd like to point out that beavers are very solvent. Um, but anyway, um, no, I mean, I. T but see, the thing that I don't get about this is, first of all, because they think hang out at the bank, well, the river bank. Oh, it's cute. Oh, oh no, no. Okay. <laughs> that, we're done. We're done. I'm right, just right. throwing that out but there. Here's, here's the thing that I don't understand, though. <laughs> I mean, one of the arguments that you just, one of the things you just suggested was you're like, well, I think that these other things have more sort of you know logical credence. I'm like, okay, I can follow that. The problem is the only reason you can base things on logical credence. I mean, you just said yourself you don't really know the big deal about the beginning. I kind of agree with that. Like to me, it's only a human conceit. Like I mean, way back in the third, you know, in in the early early days. Right when we had Thomas More and you know Thomas Aquinas, and they were talking about you know first cause, and they were like, I think it was Aquinas who was like, you know, look, there has to be a first cause for something, right? There must be a reason that everything showed up here. And to my mind, that's basically a human conceit. Why? Why does there need to have been somebody who said make it so, and then it happened? I know that's the way humans do things. You know, they they order people to do things, or they make something themselves, and then something happens. But why is it that something beyond our conception would have to operate within very limited rules of human perception and? Conception. Like, to me, that's the conceit. So then when you say, well, you know, these other things just don't have a lot of logical, you know, basis to them, why not? I mean, tell that to the Buddhists. Are you going to tell it to the Buddhists who believe, you know, in principles of reincarnation and about, you know, behavior and, and you know, coming closer to your karma and everything else? Do you, are you going to tell the Buddhists that because it doesn't make, lot, you know, sort of logical sense to a Western mind, that it doesn't have the exact same validity as any other religious theory? And that's the problem. You, you get into a point where you, it really is, for a change, not a fallacy to say, it's a slippery slope because all of these religions could say it's only your very limited Western perspective that makes it seem like X number of creation myths are legitimate and X numbers aren't. The beauty about evolution is that there's so much overwhelming evidence, circumstantial though it may be, to support the theory that it makes a lot more sense than these other things where there isn't this overwhelming evidence. Because basically, the only evidence that we have for intelligent design is the human conceit of, I just don't believe it. 
How did how could this possibly all exist around us? Well, how would you, to be frank, living in the year 2005, and you know you're going to be here 100 years on this planet, and that's it? How would you have any conception of anything? You know, I mean, like from our perspective, it that's has nothing I'm to do with to us. To be 370 years old. Well, that's my goal too. But you know, yeah. I'm saying right now. So I mean, like my view is that you can't you can't on the one hand talk about how infinitely extraordinary everything is, and then say we as very limited creatures within that in- infinitely extraordinary pattern can somehow figure out how it works. My argument is you have to go based but doesn't on bringing what is that very discussion into the classroom sure, but not the give you a classroom. vastly greater understanding sure, of science but not than the, science. the way things are now? Not science. It gives me a greater understanding of philosophy, but not science. See, to me, both sides lose in this situation. To me, the more you bring religion, religion into science, both sides lose. I'm a religious individual. Like I've told you guys, Andy calls me a, you know, calls me a hopeful agnostic. You know, like basically I hope, I don't know for sure, I hope there's an afterlife, I hope there's a larger picture, I don't want to die and have nothing be afterwards, I hope that's true, but right now yes, I'm not do. sure, yeah, well, That'd you know, cool. besides the beaver, but I mean, I'm not sure, and, and as far as I know, since I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, as far as I know, since I'm not sure about it, I don't really see that it's going to alter my behavior substantially. In my mind, you, that's why you have classes in spirituality, classes in philosophy, classes where you can puzzle these things out, but when you you bring it into science, you have all these things come in about scientific proofs and, well, can we determine it for sure? And what can intelligent design do to prove itself? It basically has to make the same argument all over. Look how complex everything is. And you go, yeah. And they go, nothing could be this complex if it were just random. And you go, well, what do you have to prove that? And they're like, pause, pause. Well, look at everything around you. It's so complex. Like, they have nothing to prove beyond that initial statement, which is everything's so damn complex. So at the point where that's the case, I don't think intelligent design's dumb. I don't think it's unreasonable. I just think it's unreasonable to put it in science, which is necessarily concerned with the knowable and the provable. And although we haven't proven evolution, we've got a hell of a lot more evidence about that from a scientific perspective than about what is essentially a religious view in intelligent design. Can I make a quick practical point? No. No, I'm just kidding. It seems to me that... Damn. I hate that. (laughs) It seems to me that Story's position is a lot less harsh than most intelligent design advocates. You mean it's more intelligent, Russ, than most intelligent design? Well, that's not surprising, yes. And pun, punny. Yeah. But uh, I think we can all agree that if we maybe added one sentence to the evolution... Uh, teaching in high school, i.e. It's just a theory. Some people also theorize that the universe was created by an intelligent being. And go to Mr. Jones' okay. philosophy I think class pretty much that. that would be okay with everybody. I think what would not be okay would be what most, uh, like a vast majority of intelligent design advocates are looking for, which is a thorough teaching of creationism in science class, Bingo. which wastes all kinds of ungodly amount of time. For both of them, for both creationism and I don't think anyone has a problem science. with just presenting this is just a theory that an end of story. Yep. I don't think anyone has a problem with that. Yep. Why why is everyone so hostile to me about this issue? I don't understand. Hostile? No need to end me. <laughs> we don't we don't need to end me just cuz I you think you're winning this argument. Hostile? Uh no, but <laughs> end of story. The line end of story. Anyway. <laughs> um uh, yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> neither, neither of you got that. You're both like, what? We're like, I'm what? Not, no, I thought we were having a good discussion. And the podcast what are you talking about? No. Story no. Hated just, us. Just, just the pun. Got just it. the pun. Got it. Just the puns, man. Just the puns. Gotcha. First of all, again, Greg, <laughs> I think you're misrepresenting the intelligent design as being like, the world's so complex. I think it's the exact opposite. I think it's the world has rigidly definable rules, and everything has rules, and everything makes sense. 
it's not like everything's hopelessly vastly complex. It's that, oh my gosh, everything checks out, everything makes sense. How does that happen? That can't be coincidence. Why? And that's, but why can't it be that's coincidence? really the argument. But why can't it be coincidence? I don't understand. Because how does it make sense for order to come from randomness? That just it, that is because as illogical as anything that you guys are talking about. That is because we defined order the way we want to define it. I mean, we may, we claim that rules work in the way they do, but if you went to places where there was, you know, no real functioning gravity system and things just kind of floated around in the air, people would be like, "What the hell are you talking about? The law of gravity? What the, what the hell is that all about?" I mean, it's only again, it's only a human conceit. Well, yeah, that take me that place and we'll change rules. the study of science forever. But well, if you're studying on the I moon, mean, that's you what show you'd me get. that place. But that's what you'd get if you're on the. I see. This is what I'm saying. That's what you'd get if you were on the moon. That's what you'd get if you were on a place where there wasn't gravity. I mean, or very little gravity. I mean, to me, there's that, less. Gravity on the moon, but it's still no physicist would would grant you your argument that there are no <laughs> laws of science no, on the moon. That you go, I mean, that would have been an incredible discovery. Hey, story. You know how to make order out of chaos. You play Boggle. What do you think that is? Uh, what like I, I don't, I don't get it's that. It's a human construct. You rattle around a bunch of letters. It's all random. It's total entropy. You put the thing down, a bunch of humans look at it, and they create words, and they create structure out of it. Words oh, yeah. Words if Boggle were played with sticks and rocks, I would agree right. with you. But right. Boggle is played out of constructed letters. <laughs> I think that's crazy. That admits that the building blocks are all completely ordered and, and sensible, which, again, comes from a source. <laughs> if humans weren't painting... Yeah, if you went out to the woods and tried to play Boggle by, like, you know, bashing a bunch of pine needles together, then you'd have a valid analogy there. But that's crazy. <laughs> Russ goes out to like the redwood forest. He like takes a couple of pine cones. He's like, the word is book. Look, it says book. I just shook some pine needles. He's like, book. everyone, everyone would agree. A hundred percent of humans knowing English would agree that this says book, right? <laughs> Close. I could take the oh, same tag maybe. and say I could send a party of humans out into the forest and they would cut down trees and mash up grass and they would create a little hut. And that's them creating order out of chaos because that's what the human mind is designed to do. It's designed to categorize. That doesn't mean that designed. That's how the universe the was human created. mind that's just is how designed. The oh my God! Oh, the humanity! The human mind is designed. Do you hear yourself? Where does that that okay. sound I, I come from? Made, Where does I that thought I made a good argument, and then you're like, "But semantic police says you suck." <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just saying. But I think there's something relevant in that fact that you say the human mind is designed to whatever else. Where does that come from? I, I don't think, think it's that designed. It's to, I think that's the way it works. Why does it have to come that's from just the somewhere? Way it works. And why does it have to come from? I don't understand. Why does it have to come from somewhere? Why does it have to like be produced? Why? How does it? Why do we have to have like some place where it's like okay, uh, you know, it's that, you know what this is? I'll tell you what this is. You are you are using you are making an extraordinarily intelligent, you know, reasoned argument based upon your love of the Civ Four Civ Three game because your view is look in civilization <laughs> I can construct order out of chaos like that city didn't just appear I had to like build it and do shit with it you know and the whole the whole thing that you've set up for it assumes, as you go into it, assumes that you had some first plan sort of designed for it. The problem is that the world itself, is the universe, may not be designed around somebody saying, ah, you know, I have a plan for this universe, and this is what's going to happen. I mean, I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, you know, the, uni the universe just happened to come out this way. I don't know why it's so stunning that it just happened to work out in the way that it did. All of that aside, now we can concentrate on the rest part of it. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, really, like, no, why does there have to be something story that, like, designs something? Why, why is that so? I mean, I, again, I don't even necessarily agree with design, okay, because I don't like sources as I've persisted with this and whatever else. But there ha there's some sort of order, either innate or 
sourced that either came from something or, you know, the order was always there. But there's some sort of order to it. it I think it's totally illogical to look at the universe and look at the world and say there's no order even though everything can be defined in rules and categorized and everything makes sense and everybody's body does exactly what we needed to and everybody, you know, everything acts perfectly, uh, there's still no order and nothing makes sense. I think that's lunacy, you know. So at the point at which there's some sort of order that is larger than the world we see around us, then, you know, I just think that to me, that's as obvious as 2 plus 2 equals 4, you know? And I think that including that obviousness and recognizing it and tipping your hat to it and saying that, you know, this throws questions about science's obsession with randomness, you know, uh, is, is worthwhile to have. And I don't, again, I also insist that it's not going to be something that's taking weeks and weeks out of the schedule. I think it's something that's pretty much one or two days like the Big Bang and creation theory would be, you know, the Big Bang and Bang's creation theory would be getting now, and then you're done, you know, one or two days, think about it, move on. It's not going to hijack all of the science classes and replace the study of physics. It's just going to be more the lens through which some of these things are viewed, whether they're viewed as all physical properties have precise laws that we've calculated and this came from nothing, or whether it's going to be Maybe these came from somewhere. Maybe it makes sense that I, I don't order understand does not how this just is progressive chaos. You can take any class in a curriculum. You can say English literature and then have a one or two day seminar in English literature. Of course, these are all constructs of the human mind and really have no meaning in and of themselves. And these stories, whether fictional or non-fictional, are simply a construct of the human brain, which really could be sitting in a jar in a mad scientist's laboratory somewhere, and therefore it's all meaningless. You could say that about any subject. And I don't think it adds, for, especially for high school students, I don't think it necessarily adds anything as far as complexity. Maybe you should just have a once, the principal should address the student body before the school years go, okay, really, as human beings, we don't really know anything. But these are all things we've constructed to make the world a little bit easier to parse out and to understand. Okay, now go about your business and learn your math and your science. I just question how you could possibly say that this applies as much to literature or history as it does to science. I think that's crazy. It certainly applies I think to math. That's totally it certainly crazy. applies to mathematics. Oh, I mean, there are parts of math that, you know, that are equally frustrating and have equal, you know, whatever else problems. And, and all of my friends who did calculus said they got to calculus and the first thing they said was everything you've learned before was a lie. <laughs> now forget it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I mean, math and science, sure. But... I don't, you know, it's not like in the historical community. I mean, the things that are debated about in the historical community that the record is shaky on, there's discussion of the fact that the record is shaky on that. That's the status quo. And the things that there isn't right. a shaky but record, the record on, of, the, you know, the that anyone record. except for David Hume would say, you know, the record is solid on, then the record is treated as solid. You know, it's not... I still think a shaky record a is a vast distance away from an invented record saying that there are holes that you can poke by reading through thousands and thousands of pages of reasonable text is different from saying, I made up a story and here it is and this explains everything. You know what I, I mean? Just I mean, don't a theory, a scientific theory that can, you know, produce lasers and produce technology and produce limitless amounts of human potential versus stories in a book that don't increase the human's ability to understand I mean, it may, okay, that's not true philosophically it may increase right. human's ability to understand right. anything, but practically has given us nothing and practically has, you know, no evidence behind it whatsoever 
uh, to say that because there are some flaws in science that that puts those two theories on an even keel to me is ridiculous. Again, I don't see how any aspect of the creation element of the theory of science has brought us lasers. Of like that specific aspect has brought us anything more practical than anything religion. What I think underlies this entire debate about intelligent design is that they're taking the quote-unquote theory of evolution, right? And they're saying that it's just a theory and therefore all of the basis behind it and all of the reasoning behind it is suspect. I think as soon as you do that, you can take any theory that any science, any branch of science, any branch of mathematics is based on and say, because it's a theory, by definition, that means it's not true. And that's fine. But then to say it's all wrong because this thing I made up is better is a far stretch from that. And there's really nothing stopping in intelligent advocate design people from saying, and also gravity is just a theory. God makes us stay on the earth because I say so. There's really nothing separating your argument from making that next leap to saying God fixes us to the earth and there is no gravity. And that's the problem I mean, that I have with it. The point is, is that it doesn't matter. The source of it, it doesn't matter whether, because you can't tell me, I mean, it could be, we could die and find out that God fixes you to the earth at a certain rate that is consistent and constant and can be measured as that, and that that's why those things happen. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference story, whether that's it deeply matters the case to the or whether... But it matters to the intelligent design people, apparently, according to what you just said. Right? Okay, I mean, what, this is taking it beyond... This is taking it into another arena, which is, you know, outside the bounds of... I mean, Russ is making the slippery slope argument here, and he's saying it's uh -huh. going to go to other arenas that we don't want it to. Okay? Because right now, it's not in this arena. Okay. If it does go to these other, you know, arenas... Again, I just don't think it matters that much. Like, I just... I don't understand. Because what, what it is equally it, plausible, but it doesn't change the study of the way these laws and whatever else interacts, particularly. Like, if you... Whatever reason you want to believe for the things sure being the way they sure are... changes it. Someone who well, believes that God fixes us to the ground would have a very plausible belief that if they pray hard enough, they can float into the air and jump off a building and not die because the reasoning behind why they fall has nothing to do with physics. It has to do with belief. And so, therefore, the premise behind everything they do is completely changed, and the reasons for everything that happens is completely changed, and therefore the practices by which we live life should be completely changed to react to those premises. Know what I mean? Like, I mean, why wouldn't we if devote still, if it's still in you know, the study $5 million of science, of then they're going to use this... But why would we devote five million dollars of federal funding to figuring out how to float into the air by praying to God? Like, why why shouldn't we do that? If you're right, I mean, if the study of science is you know is says to use the scientific method and test it out, so you know maybe somebody can do that, you know, and maybe they'll succeed. Who knows? You know, I don't see a problem with that. To be honest, like I don't think that that's any you know less accurate than the way that we're doing things now. Do so you think it would be just as productive to research that as to do scientific I mean, I don't think that anyone would research it. that looking at, at, you know, the way things are, because I think what matters is that you can say we have these rules about the way things inter interact, and the best we can do is to try to discover these rules and, you know, to use them where they're valid. 
And that's going to be the same whether or not the ultimate source of that is Green Goblins or God or, you know, Order Out of Chaos or, you know, Greg wanted it to be that way, and it is. I mean, it doesn't make a difference mm-hmm. because as long as I, that I disagree. What I mean, happens, it's testable, it's consistent, then people are going to run with that. And so maybe the lesson is that people should just stop worrying about sources altogether or people should have respect for whatever somebody else believes about the source and everyone can believe whatever they want about the source. A lot more important I think all of these things are fine. I mean, that's one of the reasons why scientists right now are trying to come up with the, uh, the unified theory, you know, which could be string theory, it could be a bunch of different things. But the idea is that when you come up with a unifying theory that can unite all of the different maths and all of the different concepts of the universe and, you know, Newtonian mechanics versus quantum mechanics versus all of the different systems that we see in place, then we will have such a greater understanding of the way that the world works that we'll be able to do unbelievable things. And we'll actually, you know, it won't just be just random knowledge. It will actually give us the capability to do things that we would never do before, like create whatever, warp drives and wormholes and you know, understand how to travel through space at faster than light speed. And all of these things are completely based on the premise of what ties everything together and what is the basis of everything. So to just be flippant about it and say, it could be turtles, it could be God, it could be my middle finger, I think is something that many scientists would say, well, that's, that changes completely the way that we would act and the way that we would do everything if it's a different premise. I mean, people Wait, why act does very it, differently what, when why we does it, Why does it change a search for a unified theory? How does it possibly change that? Explain that to me, because I didn't catch it. Because you already have the unified theory, which is that it's God is doing this, and God is creating it, and God is controlling it, and if it's at his whim, if it's by his whim, then why look for a system? Because clearly it's up to him, and it's all his emotional mindset, and it has nothing to do with any rules and regulations that you can discover for yourself. I mean, that's not the image with of anything God. else that we've figured out about the universe. I mean, A... Mean scientists. A, where is this, you know, why, was, why does whim make any sense? I mean, this is, you're just being pejorative against religion by saying it's a whim. I'm not being pejorative. If, God, I, if we're created in no, God's there's image no religion and he that controls says it's by, the universe... I mean, there's no religion since Zoroastrianism that says it's whim. Oh, you know, that's not I true. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. That's okay, true. whatever, that's Will. True. Okay. Why don't we call it Will? What's the that's difference? Okay. It, but, I but mean, it's, there's but a it's big not, difference it, in just the way that we're treating the argument. No, 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 no. But, but, I, but I don't agree, we're though. We're just saying... But I don't agree, though. I think it is whim. I think the question is, you know, whim doesn't have to be, again, the way that we define it. I mean whimsy from, you know, God's sense of whimsy, you know, the fact that he finds it, he would find something sort of amusing to do something in a certain way, doesn't necessarily invalidate the fact that maybe uh, God had something to do with it. I mean, the thing that I don't understand, again, is that this idea, I don't think it's being pejorative. Like, again, if it's true that God created, you know, the universe and, you know, and just sort of snapped his fingers and everything happened, then for us to sit around and go, gee, I wonder, you know, obviously someone must have been the cause of, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see the point of spending all the time kind of worrying and, and considering about it when it was just sort of, you know, from the mind of a creature that we can't understand anyway. That's one of the, f- the problems of sort of fundamentalism that I've never understood. These people, you know, kids knock themselves out trying to convince you that we are unworthy, that we have no understanding of anything beyond ourselves, and this person is, you know, God is far beyond our comprehension, and you, as soon as you've agreed to that, they're like, okay, now here are the following rules that God told us that we need to do. Well, how the hell would you know? I mean, you just said that you can't comprehend anything God wants you to do. So how is it now that, you know, we can't comprehend anything except for these 20 rules that we're going to lay out for you right now? 
I mean, and that's the problem, is that religion, again, my argument is, my argument is that religion is not compatible with science in that way. That religion, if you take it from the perspective of faith alone, faith itself, is not necessarily compatible with empirical evidence. And that's a problem. It doesn't invalidate either one unless you combine the two. Faith is not invalidated on the basis of empirical... You, know, you, you don't have to say that faith is a bad thing simply because you say that it doesn't fit within scientific parameters that demand evidence to support its ideas. So, I don't, so that's the problem with combining these things is it's not good for either one. Faith and science are both hurt in this equation, in my view. I mean, I think that uh, no, that's making the... <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know how much longer we want to go with this, but I think that that, that again is based entirely on the presumption that you're going to agree the premise, to the premises under which science operates and you're going to disagree with the premises under which religion operates, which is what most people in America do. So that's, you know, a fine way of, of basing the argument, but I don't think that it necessarily has any more validity than anything else. No, I mean, because, you know, no, because you're not bringing the premises... No, because you're not bringing the premises in the same arenas. Because, because religious premises don't belong in science classes, and science premises don't belong in classes about religion and philosophy. Because you're, you're mixing apples and oranges in a way to, you know, design that's not going to create fruit salad, but going to create mush. You know, like, science and religion don't mesh in that regard. And that's, that's kind of the issue. Mush. I like fruit mush. But no, I mean, seriously, like, that's the problem. You, you can't, you can't, uh, both of those, I'm not invalidating either principle or accepting either principle. I'm saying that when you take a system which says, I fundamentally believe it because I feel it to be true, that doesn't work with, now I'm going to give you a series of ten scientific proofs to demonstrate that it's true. And the problem with intelligent design is, a lot of it comes down to, it just has to be this way because how could the world be this complex otherwise? That's basically asking us to take things on faith, and faith doesn't belong within the scientific arena any more than science belongs in a faith-based arena. I just think they're both different things. I mean, I think science could stand a lot to admit that it, what it calls evidence is actually based on just as much faith and conjecture as what religion is based but on. And I think maybe that that's what I find most appealing about this whole issue. Do you really, do you really believe it to yes, be true? Yes, I believe that to absolutely be true. You think that the overwhelming oh, amount of evidence that supports evolution, although I agree it's still a theory, you think that that's just conjecture? Like, all the Darwin's work is total conjecture. I mean, I'm not saying Darwin specifically any more than any other science. I'm saying science in general. I'm saying that science is based just as much on, you know, we're going to, we believe the following premises and assume these premises, and then we're going to move on from there as religion is. That I absolutely believe to be true. Without the difference any question. is that each premise that there is arrived at is testable and provable and repeatable. I mean, kind of. If every science experiment worked, you know... <laughs> I mean, well, those that well, don't, 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 don't work don't become theory. They become <laughs> exactly. garbage. Exactly. Those that don't work become intelligent design. No, I'm just kidding. Those that don't work become not proved. You know, like, that's, that's the point. Like, you, you, re you reproduce the theory. Like, cold fusion. Remember about, like, I guess it's like maybe 10 years ago or so, someone swore that they had, like, developed cold fusion, and they repeat, they tried to repeat the experiment. It was well, like 20 years ago, but that's Well, 10, 20, you know, uh, back in the days of Ultron. So okay. 20 years ago, the so, fusion was developed. Somebody so repeated the experiment the and it failed. Well, that's, you're I, right that it's I, still I, a theory. I the one where we recreated You're right that it's still a theory. The Big Bang. You're right. But we have observed examples of other miniature versions of the Big Bang in terms of specific galaxies that we can see and that have reacted in much the same way as the Big Bang might. That's still theory, but you have to elevate that above the level of somebody saying, you know what, this just doesn't make any sense unless somebody put it together. 
You know, I mean, unless you're going to be to some, basically, you're comparing that. Why? To what the set Why theory. do you have to elevate? Because, because I saw something in another universe that reminds me of the Big Bang and the because Batman. Because what reminds they you that they, they didn't see some sense. creature putting puzzle pieces together and creating a galaxy. What they saw was, you know, something that made them think that there might be a theory called the Big Bang that is involved. It's like the point is that there's actually some evidence behind one theory, and there's no evidence behind the other right. one. They reasoned That's backwards. why I can't, it's not like they came up with Big Bang out of nowhere. They came up with it based on evidence and based on other premises. Yeah, nobody sat around taking big bong hits and saying, you know, dude, it would be wild if, like, the universe just blew up out of nothing and then it just, like, slowly expanded and then we were all there. That would be wild. I mean, nobody did that, you know? They, they, they sort of came up, or if they did, we don't hear about it. They came up with the idea based upon, you know, how is it possible that the world was created in this way? And they said, well, and they came up with, you know, possibilities that were reasonable and which have been supported since then by other universes and galaxies in similar conditions to what ours was and have behaved in the same way. That doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean that it's absolutely accurate. But it's certainly got to have a little bit more authority than someone just looking around and saying, you know, I think it's got to be this way and I can prove that because I just think so. That's, that's, that's sort of degrees and kind difference. I think there's a lot of religious evidence that is not taken seriously because of the way that science is supposedly training us to think about logic and whatever else that, you know, should be you taken like just seriously. like the grilled cheese sandwich? A lot of people's personal religious experience that people would scoff at, that you people would definitely scoff at as evidence that would not be considered evidence in the same way, but has just as much evidential validity as, you know... It has just as much as here's, here's the supposed thing. evidence I, I, for I the am Big not, Bang. I am not an atheist, okay? I, I'm not an atheist nor, under any nor circumstances. Am I, nor am I. I definitely am a spiritual person. I definitely believe that there's a lot more to the universe and a lot more to the world than modern science can tell us about. Like, for sure. Absolutely, I believe that. Um, that doesn't equate to me saying I believe that we should teach the Christian Bible and science class because they're all equal and just as plausible as one another. Right. That's where it comes down to for and me. Mostly the and again, there's no part of this that says this is the Christian Bible, and I would be decrying but it. But that's, 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 that's what's going on. That's what's going on in Kansas right now. This is Christian thought going on here. This is Christian fundamentalism. That's what's happening right now in Kansas. I disagree, but I'll be right back after this phone call. That's God calling him on the phone. <laughs> that's God calling him, being like, right. "You're I think not beating right. this one to death." Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Stop. If they learn, then they'll, nev- they'll get into exactly. heaven and screw with everyone's Stop head. Stop asking so many questions. Piss people off. It out. 